Hello and welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, last week we began a series on undoing your public education. And since I myself went to the public school system from kindergarten through 12th grade, I thought that I would share my notes with you about what I learned along the way. Last week, we talked about uh, the first false assumption, and that was that knowledge is neutral. We countered this false assumption with the reality that all knowledge is God's knowledge and that God is the source of all truth. In fact, when one divorces God from the picture, one is reduced to foolishness and contradiction. And so today we're going to jump right in with the second false assumption. And so here it is. False assumption number two is that our problem is ignorance. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that our world is pretty messed up. Our own uh, rule, Wayne County, for example, has rivaled big cities in terms of drug use. Our world is filled with, uh, with murder, with rape, with drug use, with physical abuse, sexual abuse, all sorts of levels of moral depravity. According to the Black Book of Communism, communism has been responsible for the deaths of t- uh, 100 million people. Add to that abortion, war, genocide, and any visitor to planet Earth will quickly learn that we are screwed up in some pretty significant ways. Now, there are all sorts of proposals on how to fix these various problems. Some rather interesting proposals have included various attempts at creating utopia. One such example is a man by the name of Robert Owen who created a community that he called New Lanark. He believed that humans were the product of their environment. And so based on that presupposition, he created a model environment in hopes that it would create a model community. But less than one year into his experiment, it already had divided and failed. And yet he stubbornly insisted that he was right, which is something that we are oddly plagued with as humans, stubbornly insisting that we're right, even in the face of contradictory evidence. And so this brings me to our problem about ignorance. Socrates, in the words of one author, taught that the good life is to be achieved through understanding, and all wrongdoing is to be attributed to lack of understanding. In other words, wrongdoing, or as we would call it, sin, is not to be attributed to sinful human hearts, like the Bible teaches. Rather, wrongdoing is attributed to our lack of knowledge, meaning that if we were simply to be properly educated, we would obviously reject the wrong and choose the good. So in this paradigm, mass murder is the product of ignorance. School shootings, product of ignorance. Rape, product of ignorance. Drug use, product of ignorance. And on and on it goes. Now, one of the foremost examples that I can think of from my public school education was the D.A.R.E. program. And uh, I did a little uh, looking online. It looks like it still is being used today, although I, I don't hear much about the program anymore. But of course, um, some of you may know that the acronym stands for Drug Abuse Resistance Education. And they uh, bring in police officers, and the police officers would just tell us, you know, you're supposed to reject peer pressure and all those kinds of things about drug use. 
another example for my public school education was um, sex education in the public school system. Uh, now, it may have started off, whenever it did start off, on a good note, encouraging students to refrain from having sex until they were married, but it doesn't take a brain surgeon to see how corrupt sex education has become in the local public school system today. Whether it is realized or not, or acknowledged or not, there is a sort of Socrates' view of education underlying these programs. We have a tendency to believe that the right education will cure us from society's ills. Just throw enough education at it, and it will fix the problem. Now, if ignorance was the problem and knowledge was the cure, then knowledge would be our Savior. But, as we know, of course, Jesus is our Savior, not knowledge. And knowledge, therefore, is not something that does the redeeming, but something that needs the redeeming. Our knowledge must be redeemed to conform to truth, to conform to Scripture. Furthermore, if ignorance was the problem, and if knowledge was the cure, then our misbehavior would not be considered sin, but merely mistakes. And this is exactly the point that C.S. Lewis makes in one of his letters. In the collected letters of C.S. Lewis, Lewis responds to a psychology student uh, by the name of Mrs. Snickers. Now, we don't have her letter, at least I don't know where her letter is, if it exists somewhere. But we do have, in his collected letters, his reply. And I want to read to you the introduction of his letter. Lewis writes this, Dear Mrs. Snickers, No, I do not think sin is completely accounted for by faulty reasoning, nor that it can be completely cured by re-education. That view has indeed been put forward by Socrates, and in the early 19th century, by Godwin. But I think it overlooked the obviously central fact that our will is not necessarily determined by our reason. If it were, then, as what you say, what are called sins would not be sins at all, but only mistakes, and would require not repentance, but merely correction. Now, from what I can tell in this letter, Mrs. Snickers asks Lewis if we can explain humanity's sin by faulty reasoning or by ignorance. She says, essentially, if I could read in between the lines, she says, isn't it true that murder, rape, abuse at all is because we are ignorant, because we are not properly educated? This is, I think, one of the most influential views in America today, and I would attribute this view to, in large part, uh, the public education system as propagating this particular view. In their attempt to explain away God and sin, they need a scapegoat. They need something that will account for all the carnage that we see. And so they propose that it's simply a bunch of people who are misinformed, who have faulty reasoning, who are ignorant. And so what's the answer? More education. If we could simply give people more education, then they will understand they ought not engage in these kinds of behaviors. Now, in his letter to Mrs. Snickers, C.S. Lewis continues on with a rather insightful observation. He says this, Surely, daily experience shows that it is not so. A man's reason sees perfectly clearly that the resulting discomfort and inconvenience will far outweigh the pleasure of the ten minutes in bed. Yet he stays in bed, not at all because his reason is deceived, but because desire is stronger than reason. 
A woman knows that the sharp last word in an argument will produce a serious quarrel, which was the very thing she had intended to avoid when that argument began, and which may permanently destroy her happiness. Yet she says it, not at all because her reason is deceived, but because the desire to score a point is, at the moment, stronger than her reason. People, you and I among them, constantly choose between two courses of action, the one which we know to be the worse, because at the moment, we prefer the gratification of our anger, lust, sloth, greed, vanity, curiosity, or cowardice, not only to the known will of God, but even to what we know will make for our real comfort and security. If you don't recognize this, then I must solemnly assure you that you are either an angel or else still living in a fool's paradise, a world of illusion. In other words, what Lewis is saying is that people sleep in in the morning uh, when they know they should get up, or a woman uh, having a quarrel will utter a destructive word, not because these people were ignorant, but because their desire is too strong for their reason to overcome. This comes up uh, oftentimes when I do marriage counseling. Some marriage counselors want to teach, let's say, for example, principles of communication so that the couples can be uh, better communicators. And they say, well, uh, obviously the problem here is that you two have not been through a communications class, and so we're going to teach you the proper way to communicate as a husband and wife. And while it is true that sometimes a little bit of help in this department could uh, be of service to husbands and wives, 99.99% of problems in marriage are not due to communication problems. They are due to sin. If it was a communication problem, then you could simply explain the problem and the husband would say, thank you so much for teaching me that. I had no idea that cussing out my wife would lead to problems. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm going to stop that immediately. There's no way I'm going to do that anymore. Thank you for this education that has helped me with my communication problem. Okay, this is absolutely ridiculous. He's not cussing her out in ignorance. He's fully aware of what he's doing. And he's, furthermore, interestingly enough, he is fully aware that cussing her out is going to lead to greater unhappiness on his own part. Anyone who has two eyes in his head knows that ignorance is not the problem. To go back again to Lewis in the same letter, he goes on to say this, We know that some of our own acts have sprung from evil will, proud, resentful, cowardly, envious, spiteful will, although we knew better and that what we need is not or not only re-education, but repentance. God's forgiveness, and his grace to help us to do better next time. Until one has faced this fact, one is a child. You see, the Bible places the blame squarely on our own shoulders, and it calls this sin. Not a mistake, not a communication problem, not an error, but sin. The world tries to squirm out of this by passing the buck and avoiding guilt, shame, and accountability, but it does not work. We must own up to our own sin natures and simply repent. Cornelius Van Til says this, quote, Men often speak as though the only thing that the sinner needs is true information. This, as has been pointed out before, is not the case. Man needs true interpretation, but he also needs to be made a new creature. That is so, that this is so, 
may also be observed from the very nature of sin. Sin is not only misinformation, it is also a power of perversion in the soul. And this appears all the more fully from the fact that the results of sin are seen in nature as well as in man. Nature cannot be suffering from lack of information, end quote. Then going on to the Puritan Richard Baxter, we read this. You may almost as easily keep the leaves of trees in quietness and order in a blustering wind as the thoughts of one in troubling passions. If reason would stop them from perplexing subjects or turn them to better and sweeter things, it cannot do it. It hath no power against the stream of troubling passions. Richard Baxter says that reason has no power against your passions. In other words, your passions, or as Lewis would say, desire, is stronger than your reason. Reason has no power against troubling passions. Now, that is the message that high school students need to hear. They need to learn about their passions, how to control them, and how James 4 says that unruly or unbridled desires or passions is the root of all conflict. It is not misinformation. It is not simply to have a class here and a class there, and then that problem solved and that problem solved. If you think that a 45-minute lecture for ninth graders from a guest speaker on sex is going to stop those kids from having premarital sex, then maybe you need a little re-education. Put 100 ninth graders with raging hormones on a homecoming dance floor with all the girls showing off half their bodies, and you think those boys are going to remember a lecture from a guest speaker telling them that they might get a disease? Not a chance in the world. Desire is stronger than reason, and you have to have something more than reason to counter the strength of that desire, namely a new heart and different desires. The public school system is grounded on the false premise that education will cure us. It is the great savior. But that could not be further from the truth. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19 says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Now, there's a very important order here, and that's going to be very crucial to understand. Paul says that Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. He also says that they are darkened in their understanding and that they have ignorance inside of them. But what does he attribute that to? He attributes that to hard hearts. Let me read that part again. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. You see, it is not the ignorance that causes the bad behavior, but it is the hard hearts that cause the bad behavior. At the root of all of it is a hard heart. That's why people murder because of hard hearts. That's why people commit adultery because of hard hearts. That's why genocide because of hard hearts. That's why abortion because of hard hearts. That's why sexual abuse because of hard hearts. That's why physical abuse because of hard hearts. If you, like me, went to public school, this is a part of your education that you're going to have to undo. Education does not do the fixing. It needs the fixing. And that comes by submitting our thoughts to Christ. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. 
We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.